Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cosmic Crit. This is your GM Patrick here, as well as your CritterCon hostess with the mostess. This week's intro is another reminder that our online charity convention, CritterCon 5, is happening in less than a month from next week. So it's starting Friday, April 29th through Sunday, May 1st. You probably heard about us talking about it here on Twitter, Discord. We're putting on dozens of games on Roll20, Foundry, other virtual tabletops, and we're doing so in order to raise money for Doctors Without Borders. Uh, Just last week, they dropped off uh, emergency medical supplies to hospitals within the Ukraine. They have missions all over the world. They're doing very important work during armed conflicts, global pandemics, natural disasters. So they're very important, and every dollar that we raise goes directly to that organization through their donation portal during the convention. Uh, This year's Criticon is going to be a blast. We are running the 3-99 Organized Play Convention Special this year for both Starfinder and Pathfinder. If you don't know what that means, it is multiple tables all playing various parts in a huge scenario. So imagine like five or six different tables of those games, you know, playing kind of the same adventure. Your actions at one table can affect what's going on at at another. It's very team oriented, trying to unlock certain tasks in the allotted time for the, the scenario. They are a ton of fun, and we need more GMs if we're going to make it even more fun for our players. So, if you want to GM this CritterCon and give your time up for charity, then come to our Discord and get signed up today. If you register before March 29th, which is about a week after this episode goes live, you can also receive the scenarios you want uh, for free from Paizo. You can still GM after that, but you won't get support. I want to thank everyone who's already signed up. We've already got a ton of tables I'm very excited about. And everyone that is considering it right now, player signups are going to be in about three weeks' time. So stay tuned for that announcement. Until then, everyone listening, uh, get ready for another great con at the end of April. Now, let's get on with this week's episode. We've got an exciting one this week as the crew are back together for the first time in years on Absalom Station and investigating what threats await them at the center of the, the galaxy here. Find out on this week's episode, Mad Hibs. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Whip those chains with me back 15 years ago to a simpler time when making a deal with the devil led to the unlikeliest of Marvel heroes getting its own movie adaptation. That's right. Join me on Cosmic Crit. Ghost Critter Edition. This is your GM Patrick here, your ghostly motorcyclist, welcoming you back to another damnation and fire and brimstone filled episode of the podcast and joining me in burning rubber in peeing fire are my five friends and equally eternally damned heroes across the digital table from me son of the devil and demon while not under the sun it's miles playing Raimi. good evening on my right hot shot stunt man and all around bad mother bronker it's tyler playing a dross hey patrick to his left, a Texas Ranger who hit a deal from the devil himself. It's Rebecca Plano Lindra. Hello. And to my left, this fiery host can eat a peach for hours. It's Drew playing Nackfeld's bar. Nick Cage is a national treasure. <laughs> and finally, to his left, none other than Peter freaking Honda as the devil. It's Jabert as Andis 148. Hey, Drew, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> That movie, that those two movies exist, and it's, it's oh, crazy. they made two of them. That's crazy. Yes. That's wild. <laughs> it's even I have wilder. never seen either of them. Oh either. man! Oh, there were. They. <laughs> I'm sorry. Weird. What movie? Uh, Ghost Rider starring Rider. Nicolas Cage. Got it. I have, I have, however, seen the uh, the previs. Uh, <laughs> pictures of him in on set wearing like the thing that they're they went in and animated the fire on his head and it is hilarious yeah 
yeah, I can imagine. So oh. <laughs> just the fact that that movie oh. was made, it's like, what is I happening? <laughs> like sweaty, like <laughs> sweaty ripped Nick's, Nick Cage with obvious computer enhancement is just so disturbing. <laughs> sweaty indeed sweaty indeed but yeah i think i mentioned it last week i was like why wasn't this the intro for the the demon car episode the fiery demon car episode which we're not going to talk about that much this week as you did you're right there tyler yeah, sorry, can't help but sing the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, I, I hope you can. You know, there's a, there's a, like a whole host of buttons that <laughs> just hear you humming in the background. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Last week, you guys did fight off an assassination attempt on Raimi from the remnants of the corpse fleet, but there is no trivia this week as we have to talk instead all about you guys leveling up to level fifteen once more a our third of the ability score increases 5 10 and now 15 uh, who wants to go first and talk a little bit about how your character has leveled up uh I'll patrick first uh if we get all these right do we get a bonus do we get a boon? <laughs> <laughs> i i actually have what you should have taken yes written down here so. <laughs> we'll see if indeed uh that matches up who, who wants to go first I'll go first. So I took a new feat since it's an odd level that was recommended to me by Jabert. So thank you, Jabert. It is deadly aim. So I can opt to take a negative two to my attack roll and in exchange get plus half my level in damage. So yay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's pretty good. And we figure with the plus four to our flanking bonus and with get them, and with the, you know, flashing strikes that I have, you know, yeah. no negatives at all. A bit. Yeah. Yeah. So just extra damage all the time. Love it. <laughs> Most of the time anyway. Uh, I'll go second because, well, I, I pinky promised Rebecca I was going to take the same thing. And then the last second I chickened out and took shield proficiency. <laughs> so now I have a plus one to my AC. There you go. That's my, that's my big one. Woo. Who else? What else? Uh, Mine's go. boring. Oh, oh, Drew beat me to it. <laughs> Everyone's trying to outbore one another. <laughs> uh, my, my, mine uh, is actually kind of kind of nice. I got an expertise talent this level. Nice. And I chose expert advice, uh, meaning when I roll a check to aid, I can forego rolling my expertise die. And if I succeed in the aiding, instead of getting the plus two, I can roll my expertise die and have that mm. be the bonus that the person gets. That, that's actually pretty darn good. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, I, there, what, one in eight chance, it's like less than the plus two. Yeah. <laughs> let's, you know, let's take it. <laughs> I mean, knowing my luck, it will be one every time, but I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Tyler? Yeah. This level was all about, I want to go first in combat. So I took the feat constant alert, which allows me to once per day re-roll my initiative check, and I automatically win all ties on initiative. So it's it's all about Adras go right away. Uh, <laughs> just get it, get out there immediately. And um, I got a gear boost this level, but pretty boring. I took laser accuracy, gives me a plus one to uh, attack rules with laser weapons. So I don't even have Adras doesn't even have a laser weapon. But Tyler, oh, <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, I asked for one thing. That was two. How dare you? <gasps> oh no, we lost our boot. No, no, no. no. Oh, you no. Asked, <laughs> asked for one thing. Those were both half things. I added them together to make one. <laughs> Yes, two halves. That's two things. Miles, what about you? Anything cool and technomancery? Well, I did get a new level five spell that... So one thing is people keep hosting up to Raimi, despite the fact that Raimi is trying to kind of stay on the, the fringes of the battle. So I decided to take something to possibly dissuade that. And this is Synapse Overload. Mm, oh boy. Uh, this, <laughs> it's a basically to affect the target, you must hit with a melee attack against EAC. Uh, you can add your key ability score modifier to this attack instead of your strength modifier if it's higher. 
You then overload the target's mind, causing the target synapses to violently trigger. The target takes 18d8 damage and is staggered for one minute. A, a target can negate the staggered effect with a fortitude save, but still takes full damage. Well, wouldn't have, good. wouldn't have helped last week against a, a, a yeah. evil car, but uh, against living things, that's, uh, that's pretty pretty terrible. <laughs> it should also be noted that casting this spell does not promote tax of opportunity. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you just do 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 with your mind and blast mm-hmm. them, and then teleport away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome, right? So that is a level fifteen in in addition to all the other stuff you guys got. I'm sure we'll see it eventually. But yeah, this from 14 to 15 was pretty short, pretty quick turnaround. So I'm excited to get back into it because uh, we are going to level up again at the end of this book. Spoiler That's warning. <laughs> depends on how long, long this episode is. If you guys want to go for the next five or six hours and probably. <laughs> but... No. Yeah. This. Let's get into this week's episode, though, which does not start on Absalom Station, where we last left off, but rather the distant planet of Hib, a small Levarin moon of gentle rolling green hills whose orange sunsets are filled by the encroaching yellowish orange hues of a massive gas giant whose purple and blue skies are, are filled with an Aurora Borealis style light show of green and purple. And here we see not the Drift Rider crew, but just alone at Drosferonis. A few years younger, pirate and vagabond, helping to secure a, a ship's cargo, uh, not his own ship here on the planet Hib, but a, a ship owned by a, a scuzz runner named Flick. This is a number of years ago, or see you loading maybe some, some stolen crates marked astral extraction on their sides from, from an automated ship. And uh, Flick comes around to you and says, Hey, Veronis, uh, let's hurry it up. I, I don't want the stewards coming around and figuring out where we got a signal jammer drone up. Uh, this might be a new settlement here, but they can still have patrols around Leavara that can drop the hammer on us real quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving them, but, uh, you know, there's these are heavy. I don't know what astral connections does, but <laughs> this stuff's just, I don't know, it weighs a ton. Uh, it's I, heavier I, because he doesn't have all those personal upgrades and strength yet. <laughs> you don't have levels 5, 10, and 15. Uh, all in strength? Yeah, no. no he's, just a, he's just a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is still Pirate Ed Ross. This is early in your pirate career. But... At this point, he had the intelligence of 16. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he's, One of these pieces so of equipment smart. is going to fall on his head or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> This is Adros's origin story. <laughs> yeah, he didn't follow workplace safety protocols, right. and he had some head. You no, know, Adros, you should probably put on a head, a hard hat or something. You know, it's a hard hat area. No, I'll be fine. No, hard hats aren't cool. <laughs> Brain <laughs> damage is cool. I'm smart his memory for a little while ends up naked on a, a random Tommy, a Catonian junkyard. <laughs> Ooh, been called out. Uh, no, as you continue loading this this cargo, you know, marked fragile, a number of odd-looking creatures kind of look like noses on on trackballs come rolling on up to you, maybe from the very edge of, of your your light here in this darkened night, uh, and and one of them comes up and says, uh, uh, "Hello, what what manner of alien are you, friend?" I think they're talking to a dross. Yeah. I mean, I think a Dross looks around and goes, You've uh, never seen a Vesk? There was like a, a whole war and stuff with... Uh, anyway, no, I'm a Vesk from the Vescarium. No, we weren't around for the war. We're we're brand new to these parts. Uh, my oh. name is, is Uso. Oh, um, a Dross. Nice to meet you, uh, also. We are the Bantrin. And we are new to this world. Hey, we come from the towers where we slept and we want to be your friend. I'm sorry, I get nervous and I, I sing. <laughs> oh, no, it, it sounded, uh, you, 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 uh, you have a better singing voice than I do. Uh, I'm always... I, I just, I feel the words in my heart and they just come on out and instead of saying them, I sing them. <laughs> you must have a big heart since you're so full of song. Oh, we're like 
<laughs> I think we're like 60% heart, actually. It's a lot of heart <laughs> in here. I'll take your word for it. But listen, uh, we, we don't really know who we are. We just kind of opened our eyes a few months ago. And, uh, well, you know, wait, wait. We have had many people come here to study us, you know, the Starfinders ask all kind of questions. Uh, Phrasmids and Saranites come to counsel us. Even this astral extractions, well, they came in with their excavations trying to figure out where we came from, but, you know, they started taking some stuff with them that didn't really belong to them, I don't think. You know, that contents of that those crates there that you stole. Oh, um... Well, hey, you know, uh, we're always happy to make deals. Uh, if, if you need some of this stuff back, perhaps, uh, you know, I don't think Astral Connections is using it properly. So if there's a way we can help each other out, I'm happy to, to hear about it. I mean, you're stealing from those who stole from us. So, I mean, we, we wouldn't, uh, if we had something to give you, we would. But, you know, per- perhaps... You know, just those trinkets and those crates, they they might have value to our people, but, you know, really, they're kind of invaluable. They can help oh, us uh, remember who we are, where we came from, what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I fully understand it. And, it. and also, it doesn't have to be monetary. You know, pirates oftentimes have a hard time, you know, m- making birth as what we often, you know. Whoa, whoa. I'm not ready to become a mother yet, sir. I'm so sorry. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, it's hard to. It's, it's often. I, I get. It, I understand. No, no, it's a language barrier. I totally understand. <laughs> I meant, you know. You know a what? Place I did. A... I thought about it. I'm in. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Let's do this, sir. But can we work something out where we can get these crates back? I know. Of course. And that's yes. how Adros lost his tail. That's the story. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I, I we, think we can't pay you now, but perhaps we can, you know, help you and your ship if you're ever in, in need of a port here in the Leovaran system. You know, what do you say? Yes, if uh, if you can give us, uh, you know, a safe place to land, make repairs or trade, that would be of more value to me than perhaps the contents of this of this crate. We'll, we'll fast forward a bit, and as you see, flick ship flying away, maybe a little bit lighter than it's supposed to be. You get an e-message on your, your comms here from a, a friend named Raimi asking if you'd be willing to, to come to Absalom to do some Starfinder work with them. That's, that's actually, it's the origin story. This is like right before episode zero. Find yeah. some stars. This happened. And yeah. <laughs> Adros types on a data pad, like smiley face, <laughs> and then some, then a typo, and then you know, and then just and then just and then just a sword emoji, and then you know a draws. <laughs> yep. Is that uh, like, Rami, Rami would get that message, like, smile, and just know that he was it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, gang. He's cool. <laughs> I, I'm almost certain this means a plus. He's yeah. Yeah, all these years later, that's still the kind of text messages you guys get. <laughs> misspelled words, emojis, and uh, and too many spear. Of- he, he actually had a custom spear of fates emoji made just for him. You guys, he spams that too many times. I mean, so like, he's like, technologically like, savvy enough to get an emoji made, but he also mm-hmm. signs every text. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm <laughs> yes. <a draw>. Okay. <laughs> yes. Every text, every text is signed and also says like XOXO address. Yeah, <laughs> Dear friend. <laughs> and, excuse spelled, me. Spelled uh, D E E R. The the uh, uh, spear of fates emoji is one of the drift rider crew emoji packs that Nack and Remy <laughs> put out into the infosphere in infosphere communicator version whatever do you have a crazy frog uh, ringtone pack as well (laughs) (laughs) Patrick those were out of style so many years ago (laughs) (laughs) Nack would never do anything like that he would I feel like I feel like if you use the if you use the spear of fates emoji there's like a 5% chance that your phone just like bricks for 5 minutes (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so that was like five or so years ago. And we are fast forwarding back to the future, I guess, or the present where you're, you guys have passed the, the Grand Gardenia district and on your way to the the Starfinder HQ coming inside. There's there's videos of 
news stream showing live reports from the moon of Hib, and you see a, a familiar face that of of uh, a reporter that you <laughs> met on the the planet of Jedarat, who says, uh, "Clorpikins, can can you hear me in the studio? This is Absalom Station News, Lytle Lantrell here on the ground on the Leovarin moon of Hib, where the situation is is." is puzzling. We've reported a earthquake on the small rocky moon just a few days ago, but the local bantrids here have reported an unnatural occurrence. A, a massive heat wave has rolled in. Temperatures on this planet uh, rolled have... in, get it? Rolled in. <laughs> oh, they, they gotta they gotta put all the fall jets in here if they can. Uh, temperatures on the otherwise icy winter here on the side of the planet have tripled norms for from freezing this time of year. Several heat advisories are in effect, but this activity has meteorologists puzzled as to what exactly is going on. You guys are led upstairs to the, you know, Starfinder campus to Chiskis' office, where he, the Chiskis, is able to to greet you, and you see the office is strewn with knickknacks and mementos, some of which are from your very own adventures, perhaps a Eoxian bone trooper femur or Bumfuzzle stole it from from a a, uh, a bone trooper and gave yeah, it to I, him. I was I was gonna say like I, I I would like to I would like to imagine that like these are things that we picked up along the way, but like we never gave to Chiskisk. It's just that like they sort of end up in his office somehow. <laughs> he's just like stealing them out. from us. Yeah, yeah there's like an Akata skull. Like, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, you didn't bring the skulls with you. He had that clean, the ship cleaned out, and uh, yeah. and got one polished. There's a devourer, death cultist. He's always like, look what I skull. did. Yeah, yeah. there's, no, a, there's a photo of him posing with the body of an Akata, like you would at oh. Jaws in Universal Studio or something. And of course, because you did throw it out, there's there's Nax old tail blade that you retired and gifted to him. It's in a small glass enclosure. I'll sell it back to you for what four. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, it's the original tailblade. Oh my goodness! Uh, you know, I'm good. I've got four others. I've got a whole set now. Well, welcome, welcome, friends. I, I take it you got my messages. Yes, Lindra sure. checks her phone. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, Andis does the same thing. Just, Did you just come yes. here for your own accord? Oh, okay. <laughs> Nick and, and Ramey look at each other, sure. knowing they've both got him on block. But <laughs> I, I read. Everyone <laughs> looks at everyone looks at a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read the report that Cattywampus sent along, and I, I didn't think that goblin really understands the common tongue very well, but the computer information Raimi gathered, it is of, of vital import there from Jedirat. Our, our analysts have been poring over it since it came in, but I would love to hear in your own words what, what exactly happened on that planet. They are opening a most exquisite uh, resort town. Thank you, Andis. Appreciate you putting that bit of information in. Um, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, but the resort is is being plagued by by a tower that put, was putting out a signal, uh, and we found all this this tower just sort of emerged out of the ground, full of what appear to be ancient bantrid or evidence of ancient bantrids. Uh, and yes, and we have a timeshare there as well. Uh, it's- That's very good, Andis. Very good. Uh, the Bantridge, you say? That's well. We we also got reports from a Xenio archaeologist there, Tala on Jedirat, who says the tower that they're exploring now shows a remarkably high number of similarities to the tower vaults of the the Bantridge on the planet Hib. Uh, there was a reference to Hib in one of the in one of the the messages that we we translated well there was there was a message being transmitted to hib from the tower ah that's right i got hit on the head by a car uh, Uh, so i'm a little uh out of sorts perhaps you saw the news recently but first we have these massive storms on jedirat and now hib is under extreme heat i i don't like it I I know for you all this is it's just a nice relaxing vacation on the slopes, but if, if this has anything to do with what's happening on him right now, you know, that tower on Jedirat or this thing called the World Seed, whatever this Arc Prime is, then you are literally this universe's only experts in this field of Sivian technology. I can see some of you wearing it right now. That's right. We have to go to Hib and 
protect the ski slopes on Hib from melting. He's right. <laughs> He's, we have to go protect the tourism interests of other clients. Well, what if him. every every book was just about protecting <laughs> ski resorts? Ski resorts. Okay, and, yeah, to, to, to uh, level twenty. Protecting the interests of Philip Spore and Quindar. Edros. If you, if you're interested in going to him, I, I would be very grateful if you could follow through on these reports mm. uh, and investigate what is happening. Do you have oh. a timetable of exactly when the earthquake occurred or when this heat wave may have begun? It matches up with like a week or so ago when indeed that the the tower came forth on Jetterat. You know, if it it was a subspace transmission, then it is possible that. It, you know, just beats you to the packed worlds a few days before you got here. Okay. So, well, I mean, I guess what I'm after is like, it wasn't us stopping the transmission. It was the transmission itself, like time, timetable wise. Like we were to line up the timelines. Probably. The tower emerging from the surface, not us interfering. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and the prior place that we had been to has nothing to do with him. Right, Jetterat? No, As I a, mean like the other, the little cave system that we were in in Jetterat. Well, that that was Sivian, and that was Sivian, and that's what caused yeah. yeah, that's what caused the tower to go up. So by proxy, okay. I suppose, yeah, one thing I led guess, to another, led to this. I guess technically sure, you'd it, say okay. it was our fault because we went looking into this. Yeah, because we went snooping. Okay. Well, to be fair, it was those other scientists from. Oh yeah, they were already snooping. They were already <laughs> down there poking buttons. We just came right. down and poked. We were poked we harder. were rescuing the snoopers. Okay, but all right. So the tower comes up. The transmission to Hib is probably when the earthquake happened. We were just a little too late Very to late. stop it from happening in the first place. Okay. Yeah, it, it seems like we're seeing a ripple effect of some ancient Sivian technology coming online, right? So when something yeah. happened in in the in the ruins, that procced the tower to come up which is seemingly a signal relay which has now procced other technology to possibly activate that just happens to be on hib which makes sense since that the bantrids which were you know obviously i think enslaved or indentured by civs on that planet seem to have escaped it via the world seed to hib so it makes a lot of sense that there is then civ tech on hib but the trend was the transmission to hib or was it to the world seed or are they one in the same like is the world uh, seed now on hib yeah. or we don't the really world, know that i think the current there's no the current belief is the there, world there, there, there's no history of something called a world seed or uh, a ship on you know bringing Bantrids to Hib. Their history is they just kind of appeared on the planet like six years ago. And they have like amnesia, it sounds like. They don't know where they came from. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They they were very interesting interested to or or studied by the Starfinders because they were like, this has something to do with the gap, you know, but they they have not been able to find anything conclusively about that. Okay, but the but the the like all the stuff with Ophi, Ophi was his name, I think, mm-hmm. and the transmission to the world seed that we found on that planet happened what, like thousands of years ago? Like, yeah, tens we don't of thousands. Really know. Okay, no, no, way, way long ago. That's when the world seed in this insurrection on Jetterat happened. What has happened since then? Who knows? Okay. Maybe the answers are on him. Maybe not. Okay. Oh. Uh, we we can send you there. Uh, we have a contact, a a, a Starfinder liaison on on Hib, named Uso. He's a a, a Bantred Executive Assembly member and and works for Abador Core Interest. And he's agreed to meet you and and lead you to one of the tower vaults that has had some recent activity lately, right right around the time of the earthquake. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. So Adros, that is indeed one of these these bantrids that you've met many years ago. <laughs> I got Drew on that one. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you, you uh, only spent a little bit of time there, but yes, that that name stands out. Yeah, I think uh, Adros would would be like, oh, well, I already wanted to go, but uh, I haven't been to here been some time, but. 
Yes, that name that name brings back memories. I would very much like to go speak to him again. I wonder if he still sings when he gets nervous or doesn't know the meaning of the word birth. Our our starfinders have looked into him many times since they emerged with no history or living memory years ago. To think about it, it, it was right around the time the Hard Scrabble Collective found the Drift Rock. I do not like being so blind and clueless as to what is happening here. The Starfinders need information, and, and you all are, are the, the most seasoned adventuring crew out there. And I know you've not been together working for some time, but I think it's high time that the you see the Drift Rider again out there working for the Starfinders. Put aside the trivids and the fame and the other jobs, your academic careers. If, if, you, if you all can come together in this office again, just like you did years ago as strangers, but managed to outmaneuver the corpse fleet and the culture to devour. Well, I think you can do it again. We need that that courage, that bravery. We need that team that crashed a capital ship into star imploding super weapon. Are, are you guys up to a new mission yeah. here? You know what, those guys. You know oh, what, Chixis? Yeah. We'll do it. But only yes. if Adras apologizes for what he did. What? I'm just Dude. kidding. That's for the movie. That's for the movie. We'll get to it oh. later. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, so, so am I to understand we get to crash something else? Because that sounds fun. I mean, if if circumstances allow it and, it, and the universe is on the line. Say no more. We, we will crash whatever needs to be crashed. I'll, I'll, I'll do the paperwork. Yep. Done and done. I'll yeah. cover your butts with the Starfinder HQ. <laughs> so saw we ball. Let's go. So saw we ball. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, so we're going to fast forward to like a day or so later. Getting It's within the, the packed world, so it's within our, you know, main solar system here of, of Absalom. So you can go through the drift or you can just, you know, take conventional thrusters. But eventually you get an aerial view showing up in the drift riders view screens of, of rolling hills down below in this blue green sky. And indeed, you're being sent to locate the Starward Vault Tower a large structure with a, a city kind of built around it, a, a bustling metropolis at this this large kind of skyscrapers base here. And as we see the Drift Rider land, there is a contingent of Abadar Core Bantrids waiting for you, decked out in, in gold and orange suits, carrying a, a huge banner that reads, you know, welcome Starfinders. Indeed, as you, you disembark, a familiar-looking bantrid rolls up Edros, wearing a large golden ceremonial headdress and a Abadar key cred stick around his neck, trunk. I don't know what bantrids have. They seem all neck. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing but neck all the way down. Nothing <laughs> but neck. They, they, that, they are a accessory heavy culture <laughs> a neck accessory heavy culture yeah greetings starfighters oh welcome back and draws it's i uso do you do you remember me yeah of course you we uh, made a deal together and it, i think it worked out quite well for us overall i was happy we could would help you back then it is it'll be nice to help you out now under different circumstances well, welcome back. It's as uh, the past patrons used to say, uh, so saw we ball. It's, it's, so a, little, saw we ball. it's a little thing that uh, somehow so saw we ball. I think it, we wrote and it's like, and it's like bows as he says, so saw we oh. ball. So saw we ball. Yeah. You know, it's an ancient confirmation, an affirmation, if you will, that. That means, you know, they saw us balling or rolling common vernacular. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I'm so uncomfortable so, with this. I thought you didn't know about birth. Adras told us all kinds of things. Oh, no, I know about birth. Uh, I know about birth. <laughs> yeah, no, so, 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 so we ball. Yeah, balling as in, like, uh, uh, basketballing. You know, oh, like, when you kind throw of a ball in a basket. Oh. Yeah, welcome, Starfinders. I am your Starfinder liaison. Come with me to the Vault Tower. 
It took up an old building in the center of the Abadar Corps' local power. I, I, did, I don't mean to give notes, but uh, you could have rhymed uh, Mason with... Uh-huh, uh-huh. What, yeah. What's rhyming? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my. I, uh, Follow I just... me and we'll take the shuttle <laughs> to the downtown <laughs> and we'll have a good time there. <laughs> Andros, you told me this guy sung. You didn't tell me he didn't know what rhyming was. Can, can, can sound go through the uh, the wall of force? Yeah. <laughs> I'm burning a level four spell right now. <laughs> That's a level five, son. I think it does. Oh, my goodness. And I, I, will, I will burn it all day long. Uh, oh, yeah. my goodness. As you're, as you're walking, you know, he'll say, you know, Andros, since you left, you know, our people have united under... Two banners. I answered the call after you left, and our, our CEO, most exalted Abadar, you know, has has taken up our, our rallying point, and I've been working, you know, for, to gain independence on the Pack Council and help solidify our people's voice. And then there's also another camp here, Republic of Hib, who wish to stay a protectorate of Barathus, and which will likely kind of merge our culture to erase a lot of what we've uncovered about our people since the the awakening. I don't suppose you're still making deals with pirates anymore, then? <laughs> Only when it serves our interests. <laughs> uh, I still like your guys' style. Well, I'm, although I am, I'm sad to hear that you guys have two kind of differences of opinions on how you should be moving forward. I am. I am happy to see that things have developed well here. And develop they have as, you know, this was basically kind of shanty towns. There's no like real permanent structures when you're on Hib last. Maybe some like mining operations of, of things like astral extractions. But now that you're here, Starward, the, the city around this tower that you, you've landed at, is a pretty big very shiny new looking metropolis a shuttle arrives and takes you into the the downtown and you hear you know there's other people on here discussing the heat wave you see almost everyone sporting rollerball summer fashion i don't know how i don't know how bantrids have flip-flops but they do is it like a lot of like, like flaps? Fl- they're like just like flaps, like on glued to different parts of their ball. They just sort of like <laughs> flap down. As they roll. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. That's kind, right. Kind of like playing cards and the spokes of a bicycle. Yeah. Like that. There's a, a TV ad that you 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 pass by, you know, and and with no signs of relief from the scorching heat, there's lines around the block for the the Trivid theaters. And they're temperature-controlled environs. Knack Attack 3, The Empire of Bone Strikes Back, has returned to cinemas as in playing <laughs> all across Tib. Come tune in and, and see the end of the amazing Drift Rider trilogy. What some erroneously have called Season 1 of The Cruise Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as you get towards the center of town, the Vault Tower, as you get to it, looks very similar to the spiraling tower on Jedirat. It's about 300 feet tall and indeed has a an outside structure, like a ramp going up its, its main levels. This one, though, has what looks like a giant golden key of the Abadar core kind of mounted on its easternly side. And oh, maybe this one has guardrails around that ramp going up. But yeah, Uso will will walk you into a conference room, and on a table there's a dozen Leavar and delicacies, uh, snacks and drinks, and he offers oh, them all to you. I'm sorry, <laughs> what got me triggered? <laughs> oh, did I say did I say snacks? I meant just poison and <laughs> deadly chemicals. <laughs> They're clearly marked. It's like, don't eat this one. This is just for Bantrips. That's poison to everyone else. So I need to, to roll on it. Uh, listen, Drift Riders, uh, Avatar Core has said they're going to help back our play for local independence here if we could become really financially viable. So, you know, that means we got to get into the black here. A door to the base of this tower just opened up uh, right around the time we had that earthquake. And our, our scientists have found an unopened vault area beneath us. Our, our 
mutual friend, Chiska, said that you might have something to do with these. Uh, you know, the, there's some ancient ruins on another planet you found. What's all that about? Complicated. Oh, yes, okay. you know what would, what would really put you in the black is a doomsday weapon. We will see if we can find you one of those, and then your oh. independence will be assured. I would love one of those if you got one lying around, but... Yes. <laughs> Adra says we do and then he kisses his biceps <laughs> okay keep it down keep it down um, we, if you find anything you know if you go down there and explore you know we yeah, would save it for the ship birth Adras. <laughs> it hurts to do this voice please don't interrupt <laughs> If you find anything of note, we would need to retain first dibs on that technology. Any artifacts you find, you know, Mr. Feldspar, Mr. Quintar, if your corporations are interested in a joint venture with Abadar Core in exchange for helping us to petition the Pact Council, we would love to have major corporations on our executive board like your own. Is that something that would not be agreeable to you all? Diplomacy check. Mm hmm. I do believe we can come to some sort of understanding. Are you actually going to roll a diplomacy check for what? To, <laughs> to do what? To to uh, may the odds ever be in Nack's favor. <laughs> Drew, Drew can't role play. He just wants to roll. He wants to R O L L play. I've asked for no roles this entire episode so far. Drew's rolled twice. <laughs> one was just for the sound effect. This one. This one's. This oh one's goodness for, gracious! For me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you, we've had a number of, of businesses bidding for access to the subterranean tower, but, you know, I'm, I don't want someone to just come in and plunder the place. We need information, and the Starfinders know, like yourself, if you poke around down there, maybe you find something, maybe it would be in our best interest to have a joint corporation for that technology. Anyway, it'd be wiser for us than, say, selling off the rights to the exotic Eoxians or the Livarian Consortium. We want someone that will be in our corner. Oh, we can be in any corner. We know that you, being a spherical species, have difficulty with those. We got you covered. Yo, um, was that racist? <laughs> I am going to take your sense motive check that you rolled in jest here because it does seem like Uso you know, in, in talking with you and talking maybe about your, your history a little bit is trying to to get a feel for you if you are indeed perhaps the the heroes that the the movies made you out to be and in particular you and Rainy if you're you know stand up corporate bros or are are just looking to to make a quick buck some scrubs look i've watched one season and two episodes of succession i think i know a little something about business <laughs> Yeah, and with your diplomacy check here, you can you can assuage him. You can put his his fears to rest, and and he'll say, you know, okay, okay. Let me. I, I believe you guys are here just like you were to save the galaxy years ago. You're, you're on the right page. Let me take you down. Show you what we're working with. He's gonna roll down the hall to an elevator and take you down below the ground level, which dings a short while later and opens up to a. A large circular chamber with a rounded sealed portal on the other end of this room. You know, for years, this wall was just seamless metal. And a few days ago, this door appeared. And, well, I, I for some reason, I feel it wants us to go in. His foot orb kind of hums as he spins ex excitedly in place, kind of like a cartoon character getting ready to run, you know, like. <laughs> but he doesn't move anywhere. I've done everything I can to protect our people from outside influences all these years. I've I've lobbied, overseen corporate deals and mergers. I've traded my best to advocate for our community. My efforts are humble and, and part of a greater process so far, but we've managed to prosper while maintaining our independence. I have high hopes for the future, but this... Looking at the door, you know. How can I protect us from what's within our own history that we might not know? I, I gotta admit, I, I took a spin through these tunnels just yesterday. I found myself just on the other side of this door, and as soon as it opened, I was overwhelmed. It, I think it could go on for miles. I, I turned around in fear I would never be heard from again. 
they're they're strange. They're alien to us. But it's possible. Maybe we built them years ago. I, I, anyway, I, I, I knew we needed help, and which is why I reach out to Starfinders. We need your help figuring out what's going on down here. Yeah, you made the right choice. These, this building, this structure, it is a part of a very ancient past and not something that should be taken lightly or explored carelessly, especially by the Bantrids. So we will be happy to help you in any way we can. Well, be careful. They are labyrinthian. They're all these connected chambers. There's long branching paths and hallways and the walkways. They're, they're too deep underground, so we've not been able to find them with geoimaging tech. And sadly, you're, you're going to be in the dark down there uh, in several ways. Comms are severely limited. So if you go down there, you might not be able to call for help. Just FYI. You say you walked around them. Do you have any record of where you went, which paths you took and where they led? Yeah, I mean, I think he has like some some data that he can show you. Like he walked thousands of feet in one direction and then like took a turn and then another turn and basically came back <laughs> and it seemed like it took hours and hours. So not not a ton of, of information, unfortunately. Let, let the golden vault keep you, my friends. In Abadar Korn's name, let you be safe. Thank you. Have fun. See you later, kiddos. <laughs> May we be as fortunate as he was that he yeah. lucked out and took the right turns. Yeah, so right. saw we ball, indeed. So saw we ball. Yeah, um, so I, I, I spit down the tunnel to see how far it goes. <laughs> okay, well, how far can you spit? Oh, probably, like, I don't know, five feet, six feet? It goes, it goes 10 million miles. Isn't it an attack oh, no, roll or a throne roll? Five what feet, do you five think? Five feet goes five. Oh, range oh, attack oh. for sure. Oh. Uh, good, good. Gravity still works. Good. Well, good news, everyone. I've I've discovered something. Alindra, what do you have? <laughs> physical science. Can I can I do a physical science? Are you physical science on the spin. Please make me one. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to see if if this. You know, looks- maybe gravity isn't working so good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh. It's a 26. Oh, that's only a five on the die. But I have a negative five to the DC on strange new worlds or features of space. This is it's a new world. Well, I don't think it's a, a world too much of what you're going through in this tunnel here, because as you move down here, well, I should say the first thing all of you realize is the heat that is being felt topside seems to be even more intense down here as you are subjected to extreme heat. It is minimum in, in most places a balmy 120 degrees or so and and seems to be radiating from the, the ground up. So you go to touch the ground and maybe investigate. It's not stone. It's not rock. It's it's a like high-level constructed nanocarbon ground uh, and the walls as well are made up of this extremely powerful metal. Patrick, has it been more than a week since we were on Jetterat? No, probably only like five days or so. Why? Damn. Oh, my career trooper theme allows me to adapt my armor to the environment I'm in. Mm-hmm. But because themes are ridiculous, I can only do that once a week, which <laughs> seems rough. <laughs> seems silly. Can, can we hang wait, out for two days? Because, <laughs> especially because I, different planets are going to have different week lengths. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Also no, that weeks are always seven days. I think you, pro- I mean, cause you had a few days there of, of rest before you left. It's been a week since you explored the spiraling tower. So I okay. think for this like super OP, I know right? ability, we can say it's been a week. Heck uh, yes. I'm a da- so I, I need to spend 10 minutes uh, adapting my armor. So yeah, I so, may gain some benefits. Well, you can Speaking do that. And which, I want to have, I, we, have we gotten all of our SPHP and resolve back? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. You guys asked that. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. So 
I the just want to make sure. So yeah, because we don't trust you. Uh, yeah, the reason we ask wow. is because uh, like, I, we all know we were on a ship to get to this planet, but for all yes. we know, you're going to be like, well, you were only on the ship for 25 minutes, so... <laughs> exactly, yeah. if, if only you took notes. I, I literally said it takes said at least days. two days to get to him. <laughs> two days. Oh, okay. I, Patrick, I'm so sorry I started this. Yeah, no, I'm you should be. Tyler you should everything. be. This is all on me. Uh, I do have a question, though. It, I mean, you can take 10 minutes for that. But uh, my first question is, do you guys want to activate your environmental protections on your suits? Um, uh, is, is there any particular time pressure why we need to go down this tunnel right now? Or could we, like, exit the tunnel and come back in, like, an hour? Yeah, do you yeah, have something so. to do? Uh, I mean, you know, it seems like seems like if people have the cash for it a a armor upgrade of a thermal capacitor might be helpful yeah i mean uh, i have I mean, one of those if you guys want to retcon it say you know you're going to a a hotter <laughs> climb hotter place then that's yeah. fine it's you know if you have fire resistance already you uh, okay. don't need to turn on your environmental protections because this temperature it's like d4 of damage you know every once in a while so it'll be hot and sticky but you're not going to take damage from the environment here i i have i have fire protection when i have evolution points Ah. so only in combat so right you know i actually because of i think it's because of rugged for my lashinta subtype get plus four to fort saves against hot and cold okay well yeah that that if if you don't have any fire resistance, I would recommend turning that on. Or if you want to purchase a uh, yeah, an armor a, upgrade, the environmental like protection yeah. protect you for twenty four hours per level of your armor. I think so. I don't think you have to worry too much about that. I'm just asking mainly because you know if you already have some resistance to fire, then you can just walk around without them up. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, okay. That, that's a fair point. I forgot how high level our armor was at this I like point. To mine. Yeah, for the most part, most of you can be down here for a couple weeks. Yeah. No problem. Does anybody not want to activate theirs? Does anybody have fire resistance? I guess Adros won't, an and he'll be like, yeah, Adros doesn't. Adros just has fire resistance seven. So, wow, yeah, he'll he'll just kind of be like, this is, this is like basically Vesk in the winter time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Andros is going around like, oh man, I I don't know if you guys knew this, but I used to live on Vesk Prime, the primary planet in the Vesk area. I mean, this reminds me of this this place we would travel to in the summer when I was a kid. Oh, I love it. The heat feels good on the scales. <laughs> oh yeah, the Veranus Desert. Indeed, this is a uh, this is like comfortable weather there. Uh, Nak has protective fur, which is plus two fort save to cold and heat dangers and plus four circumstance bonus to saves for diseases and poisons. So, <laughs> so yes or no on environmental nah, he's protections. Good. He's good. Okay. He can turn, he can turn them on if, if he needs to. Okay. Yeah. Well, why don't you make me a fort dude save? See if you do need to. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a twenty-seven. Yeah, with your your bonus, I mean, you're you're sweating in your your suit here, but you realize if if you're going to be down here for an extended period of time, that 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 your fur is not going to to help <laughs> stave off off that heat. The vesk is doing well here, but you you might find Turn it uncomfortable. On, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah. Remember, Adras is taking damage. He's just ignoring it. <laughs> I'm going to have a thermal capacitor in my armor, too. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you nice. have a thermal capacitor, yeah, then you're good. <laughs> that, that is basically like, uh, not really like a heater or air conditioning, but it, it soaks up heat from, from the outside. So yeah, you don't have good. to. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it has like a, a time frame. I, I, I guess it must have a battery. Uh, it might have a battery. And we've talked about this a couple times, thermal capacitors just in general. Thermal capacitors are just plus five though, right? What does the plus seven come from? No, thermal capacitor is a resistance five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, does, yeah, that's what I meant. But it, yeah, it does not take a battery at all. It just it yeah. just is basically yeah, cool. is is good up to 170 degrees Fahrenheit. So pretty pretty good, right? So as you begin to wander through these corridors, these hallways, you are continuously met with 
paths that break off, you know, you know, fork and kind of split and lead in not opposite directions, but, you know, it's like Y shapes almost everywhere. And amongst them, but between them, you can tell are, are several chambers, what seem like along these hallways, just hundreds of looking, you know, or dozens of, of rooms. And each seem to be full up side to side with these pods that look very similar to ones that you saw in the Sibian Basin on Jetterat. You guys want to investigate one of these as you're you're walking along? I will. Very similar to the ones you saw there. Seem to be made for a small or medium creature. But as you go up to them, they are they're all empty for for one thing. And they seem untouched, you know, unpowered. And yeah, if you go room to room, I mean, there's not hundreds of these. There's thousands, tens of thousands, maybe. If you keep walking past rooms, and almost all of them seem to be pristine, completely untouched, standing silently in this, making these these completely pitch black hallways feel just like graveyard like almost. As you walk past one of these open doors, and your your lights kind of briefly illuminate all these little technological eggs for a short while and then you know as soon as you leave they're going to be back in darkness maybe they've been dark for thousands of years who knows Hold on. when you say they've been untouched are they unused or is there something inside of them you don't see anything that seems to suggest that any of the ones that you sample have been activated at any time or been used okay no nowhere tear on them whatsoever yeah, so this place is literally a gigantic maze. How do you guys think you would want to go about exploring it? Whenever you're in a maze, don't you just hug the left wall? <laughs> yes, yeah. I've seen screensavers that tell of the strategy. It always works out. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all Adros knows about maze maze dealings. Is yeah, so hug like- left and 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 drop uh, little crumbs of MREs wherever you go. So you want to just continue to, to take like a left fork and and move forward? I don't know if we should follow Adras's idea. If there's somebody with like survival who's better or something, I don't know. I mean, I can roll a survival check to see if that would. Damn. I don't well, have yeah, much, but, but. Besides survival, is there a general tactic like that one? Does anybody else have a suggestion? Or do you want to try, try that and roll survival to see if it works? I mean, I mean, is there any chance that one of the codes that we uncovered from the spiral tower would have any bearing here? Or that's very far-fetched, probably. I mean, you don't see anything that looks like computer terminals. So if those were codes that you would put into one, you, you would imagine that would be somewhere else on the ship. Okay. We could split the party. I mean, I'm normally one team hug right and one team hug left. Yeah, I'm normally one to suggest that, but unless you have a magical way of communicating, it might be a little dangerous because, I mean, they weren't lying. The comms, you know, your chatter from the top side does seem to to die off after you you walk forward about 20 minutes or so. I mean, don't you have some sort of telepathy? I feel like Raimi had a telepathy spell. We'll take a look for it. If you do want to just continue on one path, whether it be taking the left or to try to find a bound, I think eventually, maybe like half hour in, you would get to one where you no longer start seeing branching paths left, and it only seems like take a, a very wide curve right. So maybe you're at like an, an outer limit here and continue walking or so. I mean, it takes maybe like an hour before you reach like an impasse where you have to start turning back around. Jabert, imagine the distance between our two houses, like a couple ah. miles, you know, between between our cities. And imagine walking through just endless hallways and chambers in complete darkness to get from one <laughs> one house to the other. That's what that's what you get to experience here in, in the the darkness. I can see why it felt like it took hours it did it's going to take some time why don't does someone want to make a survival check or has anybody any other means you can think of to try and explore down here survival is definitely gonna not hurt i mean is there anything anything a perception check could give us down here just like a a hint that might be on the walls like 
faint arrows etched in that we would have to pay really close attention to find. I mean, none of you have seen anything so far an hour or so in. So, so I apologize if this is if this is uh, if I've missed something. Are are we just down here to explore and see what we find? Pretty much, yeah. You okay? You're contracted uh, from Abadar Core through the Starfinders to to see what's up. This is brand new. They've no one else has been really down here. Okay, so we're not looking for anything specific. We're just sort of no, checking right. it out. I mean, and it's if it blocks, you know, our transmissions. My guess is that like scanners and whatnot would sort of not be super effective. Well, it it depends. I mean, like I said, there, there seems to be heat coming from the, the ground. So is, is there a way you think you would want to try and, and use a scanner to like track that or, I mean, I mean, that's sort of an option is we could try to go towards the hottest direction um, and sort of follow the heat (laughs) further in Hibbs hottest nightclub is Boing. So saw we bought. It's got everything. Endless corridors, unused pods. You wouldn't believe how much space there is for rolling. It's unbelievable. And boy, Roll till you drop. Do we have- if you can make it to the end, you can figure out what a birth is. <laughs> um I mean, I have physical science. Can I can I be tracking the heat as we go? Just like hold my thermometer out in front of me or whatever oh you God. do. <laughs> I have I have an image of you just with like a, a mercury thermometer, just like I've got one of those. I've got one of those. Like, right. I, your desk that oh, way. Yes. <laughs> I think I have the exact same uh, thermometer. Yeah. Well, why don't you roll that? Someone else can roll engineering if you want to try and do something similar with tech. If you want to roll yeah. survival. Go ahead. I think, Drew, what you're thinking of, not perception, it might be culture to kind of try and extrapolate what you've seen of Sivian architecture to try and guess the direction you're going for. Now, I I will warn you, you're going to need a couple of successes here to to try and figure out this maze. And uh, failures might add some time here. You might get a little lost. So let's see. Then I will roll culture. Right. Well, we started with Ramy, who's rolling. <laughs> Miles has rolled a natural three. Shut up. <laughs> I uh, won't. Uh, too, so. No, wait, no, no. So I rolled oh, I a that. thirty-six. Oh. So. <laughs> oh, that was a. Oh, that was the first one. Okay. So good news, bad news. We've got some successes and some failure. Oh, the DCs are different for all of them. Oh, okay. Boy. Well, thank thank you. <laughs> hey, really, <laughs> Tyler? It all comes down to Tyler. What do you? What have you rolled here? Muted. I, I rolled, rolled a, a 33, 33 on engineering. Okay, gosh, dang it, Miles. <laughs> Miles is pretty good at, at imitating Tyler's voice. Did you even know who that I was? Mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, we, we see you guys, you know, hard at work. You know, your nose is buried in your data pads trying to, to piece together information. Maybe a, a well-paid place piece of chalk like marking off some corridors as you go like shaking your head not this way knack trying to to figure it out from from what you've seen of the tower on jetterat and and the the underground bases here and the the camera is going to pull back as you guys move through these these corridors the small lights on your armor and weapons lighting them up for a short amount of time as you walk around in circles in a few key places along the corridors. And from above, it looks like you're spelling out the words, a to be continued. I really wish there were xenomorphs in this hall, in these, in this labyrinth. Oh, you want some, you want some bugs? I can get you some bugs. Yeah. Xenos. Let's go. Give me some thresher lords in this mobile trooper. Uh, no, no. Next next week we get the <laughs> the return of one of my favorite rules in Starfinder: forced oh, no. march rules. <laughs> See how long you guys can, oh, hey. can walk through these corridors? I am not joking. 
We might wow. be in territory. Yes. Oh, <laughs> no, no one brought your marching boots from season <laughs> three. I know it's a for a 43 fact. culture check. Doesn't count as a success. Yeah, no, Drew, your highest role of the bunch, believe it or not, was a success. Okay, I was good. talking about the natural threes. <laughs> <laughs> Successes. Oh, boy. We'll get to it next week. We'll, we'll have some more fun in, obviously, uh, down here in the, the caverns or what have Remy you. Remy will ride on Mac's <laughs> shoulders. <laughs> I would like to see that. Uh, that's going to do it for this Shout out. episode. Guys, thanks for playing with me. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, listeners, you know for a fact we've got some some <laughs> some other things going down down here, and we'll get to it next time on Cosmic Crit. Until then, we'll see you next time. So sorry. Grit, an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder role-playing game and adventure paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder and Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Until then, we'll see you next time. So sorry. Right. <laughs> Dang it! I did it again. <laughs> it's just yes. such Can a major part. You yeah. totally did. I couldn't even <laughs> say goodbye because I was just, I immediately started laughing. Oh, dang, dude, that's funny. Every see you time. Next week. Yeah, I was about to say, give us a clean. We'll see you next week. We'll just copy paste it. <laughs> just on top of it out. Yar. <laughs> the yar will still be there. It'll just yar. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Um.